Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all. Uh, we had we were last on the air for our internet show last Monday, and I was on the air for my AM weekend radio show this past Saturday. I'm sure you guys heard both shows. Uh, I apologize uh, about last week not having a Tuesday or a Thursday show. Uh, I was I was not scheduled. I, I have I had other things going on, so um, you know that was something that um, you know bothered me because I'm definitely so used to. Uh, being on the radio, being being with you guys, um, and it's it's became it became a routine, you know. It became part of my livelihood. It be, became a part of who I am, you know. This is it's really an honor and a gift um, having this this opportunity. It really is. Uh, but anyways, guys, you know I will be back uh, to my full time schedule uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday this week. Uh, the times have changed a little bit. Uh, now the show, instead of 10 p.m. Eastern, it's starting at, it starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern to, to 11. And then on Saturday, my weekly, my weekend show, as always, uh, it'll be at, uh, let's see here. Now because the times have changed because Arizona doesn't do daylight savings. We're like the only state here in Hawaii. We don't do daylight savings. So uh, I believe it would be, let's see here. Yes. So on the weekend show, on my Saturday show, it'll be 7 p.m. Eastern. So uh, instead of 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, you know, uh, so much has happened in the news. Uh, we had an amazing show on Monday and Saturday. Got so much addressed. Uh, had unbelievable guests. Uh, perfect dialogue. Everything you could want in the show. Uh, the show is now listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or any 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, the net, N-E-X, gen, G-E-N, USA.com. Also remember, I'm still working on the network. I have not, uh, you know, stopped that in any way. We, we, we're raising money. It's coming along well. Lots of notable names will be involved doing their own shows. Uh, we're still probably about a month month out. Uh, you know, I, and I do apologize for the delay. I know it's you know, kind of been stalled a little bit just for certain reasons, but uh, it looks like we we have it figured out at this point. All right, uh, it's been a weekend. It's been quite the weekend um, in the headlines. Uh, a lot to juggle, a lot to keep up with. Um, very excited for tonight's show. A lot of great guests coming on. A um, lot to discuss. A lot, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to uh, uh, get to. I do want to welcome to the show. I believe believe he's with us. Uh, we have, uh, just while I wait for the computer screen to load, um, but everybody, I hope, you're, I hope your day is going accordingly. I hope, it's, I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was productive. I hope it was fun. Um, I know I did. You know, I, I can't complain at all. I really can't. And here we are again, another week of the Rory Sauter Show. Amazing how time flies. Episode 217. Uh, but I do want to welcome to the show. Uh, evangelist, motivational speaker, activist, and best-selling author, Sam Tully. Sam, how are you? I'm doing good, Roy. How about yourself? Doing well. Great to have you here, my friend. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, I also would like to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, 
we have U.S. congressional candidate from Maryland, Tim Basenbaker. Tim, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on, and God bless America. Absolutely, my friend. Great to have you here. I also would like to welcome, I think he's with us, we have ISIS escapee, radical Islam expert, activist, and best-selling author, IQ Al-Razuli. IQ. Have a good evening. Good to be with you. Absolutely. Great to have you here. Long time no talk. Uh, definitely a lot to get into tonight. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Um, you know, since I haven't uh, been doing my online show in about a week, uh, there's a lot to catch up on. You know, my weekend show is only an hour, unfortunately. It's not like these shows that are two hours. So there was only so much I could get to over the weekend. Um, but like I do always, I'm just going to go through a couple headlines, um, and then we'll get to some of the big stuff. Uh, as always, if anybody has any thoughts on the panel, uh, please. Uh, I'd, I'd love to any, – anything I, I discuss or any of my opinions, I definitely would love feedback uh, and definitely have you guys get into the, um, the topic. Uh, we will be having um, later on, on in the show, we will be having a U.S. candidate from Georgia, Mark Gonzalez, coming on as well as successful businessman Chauncey Brown. Uh, a, lot, a lot of great people come on tonight. Um, okay, so let's dive into it. Um, news over the weekend, and I, and I like this a lot. Um, President Trump has officially changed his address to Florida from New York, uh, his residence. And, you know, I, I love that he's doing this. He is showing... Uh, he's making a statement. He's teaching New York a lesson in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, he's, I mean, he, look, look what he's doing. He's proving how their high taxes, their communist uh, government, their, their uh, radical extreme views are driving people away. And, you know, it, it's a city that he once loved, and he still loves it. He just hates the leadership there. He hates the laws. He's like most successful businessmen, most of them are fleeing to Florida because they don't, they don't want to deal with these high taxes. They don't want to deal uh, with getting, you know, I don't know how much of their money you have to give in New York, but it's, it's a lot. I think it's, it's really high. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's turning into uh, a situation where New York is driving out so many businesses and so many jobs and so many livelihoods that I don't know, you know, once there's so much damage done, I don't know how you can replace or repair uh, that city. I mean, if you look at the problems there, I was just there uh, a few months ago, and it's bad. It's bad. I mean, there, you know, prices keep going up. Uh, people are being laid off because of the minimum wage, uh, $15. Uh, homeless people everywhere, needles on the street, tents, poop. It, it's really, it's not in good shape. And, you know, I've never seen so many homeless people in my life. It's, it's just like California. And um, we need to do something because these leaders, these officials, like de Blasio and Cuomo, they're not going to do anything except make it worse. They're going to keep adding to the problem. I don't know what can be done, but there, there has to be something Trump or somebody can do. Send military into these cities. Do something. I mean, this is insane. And, and they're getting away with theft. I mean, it's basically it, – it's, it's the mob the way they're taxing these people in places like New York and California. So I don't blame President Trump, and I think it makes a great statement. I think this is really uh, – it's, it's setting the line here. You know, no more games. Re- 
No more games. And by the way, Florida's a beautiful place. It's, it's a wonderful place. Who wouldn't want to live in Florida? You know? Um, uh, but it's just, it's just really sad going back to it, how all these cities, like, that were so desirable before in these states, like, you know, cities like San Francisco, cities like L.A., cities like New York. Um, it, it, it's sad because at one point there were some of the most desirable places to go to, and now it's like, eh, it's like people get grossed out by it. I mean, this, this is what – and that's, that's a bad mindset and a sad, uh, you know, um, that, that, that's, just, that's just a sad mindset to have and, and not, a good, uh, not a good attitude, but that's what it's coming to. That's what it's came to. I mean, at this point, uh, you know, I don't blame people for saying these places are shitholes. And I know as Americans, we're supposed to love our country and we're supposed to love, you know, but it, it's hard. It makes it hard with these cities that are run by liberals that look like third world countries. We need, you know what? We need to have proper leadership in all places. And just this whole political divide and the way that these people are so out for their own special interests who run these cities that, you know, they, they don't do what's right. They don't do pro-policy. It's sad. It's really sick. Um, I do want to... You know, mention this. This is really, this is really big, and this is sad, and this kind of goes into what I say on the show all the time. But um, there was just a report card out, a poll uh, from the nation um, in our nation who oversees the school system, and there has been no progress in either mathematics or reading performance in a decade. Think about that, folks. In a decade, there has not been any improvement in reading or in math skills. That just goes to show, in so many ways. Uh, I mean, this is one of many ways how our school system has failed these kids. And they're teaching them the wrong things. They're indoctrinating them with political crap and, and, and you know, fictional phony, land, phony fantasy land narratives rather than uh, teaching them what they're supposed to teach them. And you know what? I don't agree with, you know, everything that's placed in front of everybody in school. I think some of it can be avoided and a lot of it you don't even use in your everyday life. But you know, that, that, that is, in a sense, is beside the point. Um, schools have gotten so far, far away from the curriculum and indoctrinating people with opinions, and I, I mean, it's, it's so irresponsible how our education system um, is, is in the gutter. It really is, and we're seeing it, uh, like I said, in so many different ways. It's not just one way. Um, I mean, this is – and we see how I think the, the, the politics and the socialist views, and I think a lot of the liberal ideology – has an effect on this and why, uh, you know, people are um, performing poorly in school. And, and I, I think the, the employment and the hiring of these teachers needs to change. I mean, you know, we have about 70 to 80% of uh, teachers in this country that are all, they're, they're liberal. So that only gives us conservatives like 30%. I mean, that's just, it's crazy. You know, I, I've said for a long time, and I'll say it again, I think politics should stay out of school. It should. And we're seeing, you know, people in this country that, you know, are, are very just misled. And, I mean, we have a lot of uneducated people. And you know what? Going back to what I said, I think the first – I think the main things you blame are the schools and the people raising these kids. I, I, that's what it falls into. You know, I, but we've got to hold these uh, schools and these, these, these uh, places in the community accountable, you know. There's no room. There's no room for stupidity. I mean, that's for sure. Um, you know, th- this is this is insane. Just just talking about all these problems, and people like Elizabeth Warren want to add more problems. Her new insane Medicare for All plan, uh, 
you know what? It would put this country in the worst debt, in the worst crisis, in the worst recession we have ever seen. And I've always said Medicare for all is no different than Southwest Airlines. It's cattle call. It's waiting around. It's, it's, it's not good treatment. I mean, and Medicare already has enough problems. They already have their own debt. They already have their own issues. What makes you think they can take on every single person in this country? Every single person. And you're going to take health care, all these private health cares, you say you're going to put them out of business, and we're going to have to be on the shittiest health care of all? You're never going to get elected. But if you were, I mean, what the, what the hell? Government-run health care never works. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, free health care. So awesome. No. Places that free health care is in existence are places where they tax the shit out of you, and they make the, the, the middle class pay for it. And that's what they would do with this plan. As much as Elizabeth Warren and these other candidates want to deny it, all this money is coming from the middle class. It's not coming from the rich. It's not coming from the poor. It's coming from the middle class. That's who has to suffer. And Elizabeth Warren is now saying that illegal aliens will help foot the bill for Medicare for All. Yeah, she's under this delusion and this insanity uh, and, and just troubling mindset and beyond. I mean, she's crazy. She thinks aliens are going to come in here and contribute that much to the society where they can pay $50 trillion and help with Medicare for All. I don't think so. I'm not saying, you know, some illegal aliens don't contribute to our society because they do. But there's a good amount of them that come in here and do nothing except leech our leeches and mooch up our, our, our taxpayers. So I'm confused. I'm really confused. How the hell is this going to be done? Even Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and some of these moderates and even most of the people running are saying, no, this is going to draw complete um, chaos. And it is. Every, but all their ideas are chaos in the Democratic Party. But this is probably the most extreme yet. I mean, you're going to give Medicare to all, including illegal aliens. It's insane. I've never seen so much radical ideology uh, in my life. I mean, we're in a totally crazy era. It's insanity. It really is. And now uh, we have record high apprehensions at the Tucson sector of the border. 16,000 migrants were apprehended this year at the border. And you want to bring all these people in and give them Medicare for all. <laughs> oh, my. The, what that would cost, and it would cost more for that than it would, than I think, I think that's the most expensive legislation by far ever put forth. And I don't even think it's close. And this entitlement, the sense of entitlement. These people can come in here, they can have this mindset, they can have this, you know, demeanor, and they can just piss on our country. Jesus. And this whole illegal alien sanctuary city crap, I mean, it doesn't end. We just saw North Carolina has now freed 500 criminal illegal aliens this year. We're talking about sexual predators. We're talking murderers. We're talking some of the most hardcore criminal aliens. They're releasing them. They don't care. 
you know, and this, this, this amnesty for illegal aliens, you know, they're, they're trying to push that, uh, especially Elizabeth Warren. I mean, come on. You know, and, and this whole Medicare for all, go to the DMV. Go wait, go wait in the DMV all day, and then that you can basically pretty much, you know, understand what Medicare for all is. It's that, but it's 100 times worse. Believe me. And a lot of these doctors are going to really be upset and probably going to uh, fight this. I mean, it's never going to happen as long as no Democrat ever gets back in, in power. Uh, and I don't think they will anytime in the near future. And I, I think eventually when they do, hopefully, they change their stances because they realize this sort of radical ideology will never get them elected. Um, but seriously, I mean, it, it never, never, never will work, ever. Um, here, here's something, and this whole – what these left-wing media, mainstream media places are, are, are pushing constantly with these narratives, it's stuff like, you know, for instance, the New York Times the other day put out a paper saying refugees need to fill the void of cultural diversity in white towns. Listen to that again. Listen to how racist this freaking headline is. Refugees needed to fill void of cultural diversity in white towns. Can you imagine if somebody said we need to fill up white more white people in black towns? Can you imagine the backlash and the outrage and just what the double standard is here? This crap doesn't end. You know, we're seeing all, and I talk about this on my show all the time, putting people in boxes, portraying them as victims. The more victims the Democratic Party can get, the more successful they become. That's their goal. They want to put as many people in boxes as possible. They want to generalize and stereotype people based on their race, sexual orientation, gender identity, whatever. The more people they can put labels on, the more people they can diagnose, that's what makes their base stronger. And this is exactly what we're seeing. Um, Georgetown, and this, is, this whole thing, what I'm about to say, goes into all this social warrior justice bullshit. It's the, it's the biggest scam. But we now have colleges, including Georgetown, which was just announced today. They just got 400000 in slavery reparation fees. Yes, you heard that right. We are generalizing off of race and stereotyping. This is what these people are doing. Not us. They are. They're generalizing somebody off their race. They're trying to speak for every single black person. They're trying to say that we own slaves when we didn't. None of our, most of our ancestors did not own slaves. Our family members didn't own slaves. Why the hell are we splitting the bill? Because we're white? That sure sounds racist as hell to me. I mean, this whole, you know, white guilt from the left, this whole uh, somebody's a victim because of their skin color or their sexual orientation, get, wake up. I mean, this is a whole new level of insanity and, and filth and disgust. I, I mean, this is just like, wow. I mean, this is, this is how low we've come in 2019. I mean, this, 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 is, this is what it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at, at all of this, and, you know, I'm seeing what voters and, and these polls that just came out, um, polls now say 7 in 10 voters want the America First agenda. Again, that's 7 in 10 voters want the America First agenda in 2020. So a lot of people are waking up. A lot of people are realizing the, the crap 
and, and the, the false narratives and the, the phony fantasy land ideology that the left is pushing. And we have people like Planned Parenthood now expanding to offer transgender hormones in New York City. It's starting in New York City. They're offering tranny hormones. And we see what the, the left is doing with, with story hour, drag queen story hour, reading to little kids. We're seeing how uh, the drag queens are, are supposed to shove their beliefs down our throats, and we're supposed to accept them. And if we don't, we're bigots, we're Nazis, we're racist. No, they're, they're the racist, they're the bigots, they're the Nazis. The people that try, you know what, it's, 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 it's backwards. You know, we're not the fascists. They're the fascists. These Antifa, Black Lives Matter, these people try to say they're the anti-fascists. No, you are the fascists. You are. Seriously. Um, okay, we've got a few more things. Um, you know, this, this whole Kanye West uh, movement is unbelievable. Uh, we now have some of the most search results ever for gospel music. I think he broke the record for search engine results for gospel. I mean, he's getting so many, many people in touch with God, uh, sending thousands of people Bibles that have requested it, um, doing this, these services across the nation uh, on Sundays, getting headline news, and he's out there speaking about the dangers of the Democratic Party, the plantation, uh, how the Republicans freed the slaves, how the Democrats are dangerous because of Planned Parenthood and how they're killing black babies. I mean, he's really shining light. He's speaking the issues. This guy, in a lot of ways, is a modern-day Malcolm X. And that's, that's not crazy. I mean, you look at the kind of person Kanye is, uh, arguably, and I've been a Kanye fan since 2004, 15 years. I went to see him concert many times. Um, he's arguably the greatest artist in his generation, and many people would agree with that. And many people said that even before he said he supported Trump. So that's one thing. So think about how much influence you have when you're arguably the greatest artist of your generation, and you have millions and millions and millions of fans. And you're known to be a genius with your lyrics, with, your, with the way you produce music, and you, you shine all these lives before with your music, so you have all these people that rely on you. And now, what Kanye has also done, and I think he's made more money in fashion, he's made more money in music, I think, than almost anyone, but just to give you an example, he's made more money in fashion than he has in music. That's, that's, what, that's what kind of businessman he is. He's made a ton of money in fashion. Uh, on his shoes, uh, and on various investments. This guy is a, is, is a genius. And this guy speaks, you know, to the culture, to, to the people. He's not controlled like Hollywood. He's not in a bubble or jaded like these rappers are. And, you know, try to, you know, it's not like that. He doesn't see skin color. And he sees the facts of the past and who the Democratic Party really is with originating plantation, originating slavery, you know, originating all these things that put black people in harm's way. You know, so God bless this man. Keep it up, Kanye. You're an inspiration. The people love you. And, uh, you know, the, the, the way you found God and the way you're, you know, expressing yourself and you're ignoring the haters and, you know, you got to love it. you got to love how genuine and authentic this man is and what he's done for the black community. I think when he came out and supported Trump, they did like a poll a week or two later and the black support for Trump went, for, went from, like, I think it was, like, below 10%, but then it went up to, like, over 30%. Uh, 
to kind of affect Kanye West has. That's and, I, and you know what? Not even being hyperbolic, not even exaggerating. This Kanye West is a big deal in the black community. And you know what? You know what else I want to say? He knows firsthand what it's like to grow up poor. What it's like to he grew up in the projects of Chicago. It's not like this man had a silver spoon in his mouth. So you know he relates with with, with you know these inner city communities and how they struggle and, and what what they go through. So I think I really think it's a beautiful thing, and you definitely can believe. And, and bet that he'll be by Trump's side uh, through this whole 2020 process, which is it's awesome. It really is. Um, I also uh, let's let's see here. A couple. We're gonna get to the big things here in a second, and then I can't wait to introduce here in a little while Mark Gonzalez, Gonzalez, who's running for Congress in Georgia. Very excited to talk to him. Uh, but I do also want to just mention uh, jobs uh, were created last last month in October. Uh, recorded were higher than normal. Uh, we created 128,000 jobs, which is was way more than what was projected. So we keep breaking these records all the time. And black unemployment just came out again with a new record, all-time low black unemployment. Uh, and it, you know what? This is it, it. Really is a beautiful thing what we're seeing with this president and how he cares about the people and how he resonates with these communities and how he doesn't use them as political pawns. You know, it's. It, you know, he speaks to us like we're human beings. He doesn't speak to us like we're a bunch of animals or we're a bunch of peasants like these other past leaders have. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's wonderful. It really is. Uh, I do want to get to the big stuff now. Uh, so so this, is, this is big. This is big stuff. Uh, the lawyers for the whistleblower are now declining to confirm or deny uh, his identity. So in other words, I've been saying for the longest time on this show, that the whistleblower is fake. It doesn't exist. There's no way. It's a setup by the deep state, and now it seems like it's being revealed more and more that I was right because now you have the lawyers declining to confirm or deny the identity. I mean, it's, now it's just playing games. I mean, it was playing games all along. It was this sham, phony witch hunt all along, but now they're just really, really acting like children. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's deep state. It's political operatives on the inside uh, affiliated with, the, with this, whole, this whole scandal. The fix was in since the day he got elected. That's what it is. That is what it is, people. It's true. And, you know, we have Jim Jordan now uh, saying that Pelosi and Schiff, and this is true, are making up their own impeachment rules as they go along. Uh, these people aren't following the Constitution. These people are doing everything backwards. They're abusing their power. They're totally going against what America was founded upon. And now you have Pelosi even confirming that impeachment meetings will continue in Adam Schiff's secret layer. They will continue. You have unmonitored meetings with these deep state uh, swamp creatures, and not, not, nothing is, is, is being done about it. It's totally being enabled. It's totally being condoned. Can you imagine if a Republican was doing closed-door meetings? Can you imagine if a Republican was behind all of this uh, nonsense and these scandals? I've never seen hostility and craziness uh, to this level ever. And remember, there's no legitimate evidence, no sufficient cause. The reason they want to take down Trump is because he's finally giving power back we to the people, and they can't, they can't stand that their special interest narrative is getting diminished and slowly decreasing every single day. And it drives them nuts, these swamp creatures. 
They can't beat him, so they want to impeach him. And I believe most of these people impeaching him know damn well he did nothing wrong. They just know they have no they have no choice. But otherwise, they never have a chance. If this is this is how they play. They always play dirty. This is nothing new with the Democrats. And remember, you had the transcripts released. You had all these all this transparency, all the proof of innocence, but it's still not good enough for them. They have to find a narrative that they know they can spin, they know they can twist, so their sheep will believe it, and they can keep pushing this Russia, all this phony victim stamp hoax until the 2020 election. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is really what, this is what we're dealing with. It's, it's, it's crazy right now. Uh, Sam, let's go to you. Go ahead. Well, where do I start? Uh, the, you know, I think the greatest enemy of the people is this mainstream media. It's not the Democratic yeah. Party. I mean, I look at it like a football team or a, bas- a basketball game or baseball or anything. You have the referee, you have the umpires. You have the people that are supposed to enforce the rules. And our our Constitution was built on freedom of the press. They're supposed to be free to be able to inform the people of everything they needed to know, not to take a side. But now we have these presses pretty much bought up by certain conglomerates that hold our powers, and they're mostly liberals. And instead of informing the people what they need to know, they've taken a side. That's why they're the greatest enemy. The Democrats wouldn't even be able to, they would have never been able to have closed-door hearings with shift and all this nonsense if the press did their job, if the press kept hammering away at them. Matter of fact, before we even got that far, the press would have been all involved in that uh, dossier and, and the lies about Trump and Russia and the whole nine yards. So the, tra- so the press, this mainstream media, is the biggest problem that we have as a people. And we need to, you know, the president is trying to expose these folks, but it's going to take American people to jump up and really eviscerate these people in order to make it to, to make a change. Because unless we make a change with the press, they're going to constantly keep feeding uh, people that don't pay attention this nonsense and these, these lies. And, you know, it, that's why, for example, you, you talk about the schools and the fact that nothing has changed. The press should be telling the American people that our educational system used to be the tops in the in the world, where now it's almost the bottom. And they yeah. don't teach civics. They don't teach the founding principles of this this country. So our children, they're, they're taught that, you know, gimme, 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 it's supposed to be all free. And then, you know, you get this socialistic mentality where I don't have to do anything, but it's supposed to come to me. And if the press was honest, they would let the people know that, Nothing is free. We have to earn what we get. If we don't earn it, we don't have it. And the fact that they're trying to feed these people freeness, supposedly, all they're doing is ensuring a constant stream of ignorant, insufficient people, and then by bringing in illegals at the same time, they're keeping this lower tier of educated people dependent on the upper class. Whereas the, the 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 good old boys in both their Democrat.
Democrat and Republican Party will make sure their children go to private schools and maintain a higher level of academia so they will stay in a position of power and the other folks will stay in a position of need because they'll be ignorant to the games that's being played. So if the press is doing their job, they would expose that. They would also expose this nonsense about this, what, $52 trillion Elizabeth Warren is, is trying to perpetrate on the people. And the only reason I think that she's even trying to go this far is because she's seen how far Bernie got when he was running against Crooked Hillary for the 2016 uh, nomination that he got robbed from him. She sees the traction that he received because the, because the electric is so stupid that we believe all this nonsense about getting stuff free. So there she comes out offering handouts to everyone. But at the same time, the president has shown what capitalism is. And, uh, and if you let the uh, economic engines of this country run, people will make money. And everyone that can make money is, is happier getting their own money and there's, there's dignity in, in, in achieving your own success instead of looking for somebody to give you something. And let me finish off with this Kanye. I want to talk a little bit about him, if I may, put my two cents in it. I was, I'm, you know, I'm of the older generation, so rap music and all that stuff is, is out of my league. But I remember back in the day when Kanye dressed up in a robe and crowns and called himself Jesus. Now, if he's changed <laughs> from if he's changed from Saul to Paul, that's great. Yeah. You know, I'm all for it. But I but see, we have so many people that are gullible that they will attach themselves to a person, attach themselves to a quote unquote celebrity because they're they're going in a certain direction. You know, but the gospel, the the Lord Jesus Christ, the sacrifice he made is not a celebrity. He is he is the God man. We're talking serious business. And to me, this is something not to be trifled with. Because once you understand what he really did and who he really is, whether it's Kanye yeah. or anyone, it doesn't matter. But like I said, if, if Kanye is is no longer Saul and if he's Paul and if he's serious about his walk, right. then only, only time will tell. Seasoned Christians will sit back and they will look and they will pay attention and they will see what's going on. Uh, young people that are unknowledgeable of the things of God may just jump on the bandwagon and they may not even be thinking about the Lord. They may be thinking about Kanye, Conway. But maybe God is using it. Time will tell. It's just that right. folks that really know the gospel, they need to pay attention. And if they can talk to these young folks or these old folks or whoever is listening to the openings of the gospel now and give them, you know, educate them on what Christianity really is, that's a good thing. Right. But like I said, yep, time will tell. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree with you. I love what you just said. And, you know, I what I admire about Kanye is that he's exposing, uh, as you listen to some of his lyrics in his new uh, gospel uh, album, he's exposing what ho Hollywood is, the devil, and the people that sell their souls. I mean, he's really putting these people on blast. You know, he, he made a song about how great Chick-fil-A is and how the importance of being closed on Sunday and also exposing Planned Parenthood in his song. I mean, he's really taking a, a huge uh, – I mean, it just goes to show – uh, there's no filter on him. You know, he speaks his mind, doesn't care what anybody thinks, 
Uh, he doesn't owe uh, Hollywood anything. Uh, he's his own man. I, I, I applaud him for that, you know? Well, there's definitely something to be said about folks without a filter, as the president has acknowledged. And there's also definitely something to be said about being your own man, which which yeah. I hear from Trump every time he has a, a, a rally or gets out in front of there. Because when you're not owing to people, uh, right. you can't speak what's your mind. And like I said, I'm not saying that he hasn't made Kanye hasn't made that move. I haven't listened to his lyrics and stuff. I'm saying if he if he's really exposing stuff and if he's really uh, the, the 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 proof to me more for him and the influence that he has on people or or younger naive people when I say naive I mean not mature theologically right. is if if it lasts if he doesn't turn sideways down the road or whatever but but you know exposing anything of the corrupt nature of of Hollywood and the Democratic Party and all the the vile things that we have in our society today, if it will make people start paying attention and looking and researching, that's good enough. Yeah, you're you're at, you're absolutely right, one hundred percent. Very very well said. Thank you so much. Um, I do want to welcome. Uh, we're going to welcome here in a second. We'll have Mark uh, Gonzalez on here in a second. I do want to welcome to the show. Well, I already introduced you, Tim, but Tim, let's get your thoughts on everything. What you, you, I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts on everything I said. Sure thing. So I applaud President Trump for relocating or moving his residence out of New York. A lot like Rush Limbaugh used to talk about. You have these big right. cities that think they yep. can just abuse that power, and then they wonder why people flee. Well, every, I ask everybody out there across America. How, how, have you left places before, or do you know people that have left because of the conditions of a town or a city or a state? And the answer is usually yes. So when these governments get so big and so powerful and they think they can just take anything from you, one way we can, we can voice our opposition is to leave. Now New York has to find a way to make up that income, and Plenty of other cities, and, and you know, on the West Coast, you see people fleeing California. and the East Coast, they're leaving New York and Massachusetts, and they flee to these other more conservative states that are more tax-friendly. And then the, the liberals that move there destroy those areas, and the cycle keeps going on. But that the best way to voice opposition is with your feet and to leave. So as an example, just here in Baltimore tonight, we had – what was called the Home Act passed, and this is actually in a Baltimore County, which is the largest county around Baltimore. Basically, right. this will require every landlord to accept subsidies or Section 8-type vouchers against the will of the majority of the people in this county. And the same thing is going to happen in other, other counties and states around the, around the nation. The people are going, that's not what we voted you in to do. And I want to live where I want to live. I want to pay the taxes for what I want. And if you're going to force this socialism stuff down our throats, we are going to leave. And that is what's been happening with these big cities. People are leaving. They're not going to deal with that. So the uh, the second part, you were talking about what's going on with the the impeachment stuff. And I oh, think by the way, by the way, I just want to say real quick, um, there. It was just announced today, and everybody has to kind of take this 
uh, really think about this and how how crazy this is. They the house they the house has done more subpoenas this year than legislation passed. That's that's yeah. the insanity we're dealing with right now. But continue, sorry, Tim. Yep, I'm glad you brought that up because you know we elect these people to do a job, and yet they go there to do their political work, which is not what we uh, are putting them in, in office for. However, I say let the liberals run with this fake impeachment because this is going to ruin their party for a long time. Now, oh, yeah. there is that, always that element we that saw they could somehow became after they tried to impeach him. That's exactly right. So I have people that I talk to that are very moderate and they they're what you know you would call them low information type voters. They might not like right. Trump, but they are sick and tired of hearing all this stuff about impeachment. There's nothing there. Right. And then when when people present the facts about Hunter Biden or Hillary selling Ukrainium to uh, I mean uranium to Russia, they're like, really? I never heard about that. And it, it kind of opens their eyes to say, hey, uh, I didn't, why am I not getting these these full stories? So let them run with it. I think they're going to completely bury themselves in these upcoming elections, and I am all for that. So lastly, we're you're talking about Kanye. Kanye, I uh, I was having dinner probably a little over a month ago with Candace Owens, and the question came up about how is it that she's been so successful in getting the black community to move quickly to leave that the Democrat plantation, and she said it's because I I just Smack them right in the face with it, and there are there are groups of people that you need to speak to differently. So someone like Kanye can come in, have some credibility in certain in certain communities, and that is a huge win. And that's how a lot of conservatives, I, I think, should really look at things. Don't just talk to people the way you talk to you know your closest friends. Think about what's going to connect with those other groups of people, because not everything that we say will resonate. Not every person that we put forward is going to resonate, but if we can find a way to communicate with these other types of people, these other groups who think differently, and we can have people who are models for, for other people, that goes a long way. And now many of us on the right, we look at things and go, well, you know, just because somebody endorses somebody else that you know, I'm not going to back them, unfortunately, many people across this nation do. So it is it is advantageous to have someone like Kanye spread our message and kind of make people aware of what's been going on in their community. So I give uh, kudos to that, and I can I hope that he continues on this um, movement that he's been on through throughout the past uh, four or five years. Yeah, and I know I'm sure you have thoughts on this whole Medicare for all thing because I know Baltimore is really liberal and. You know, you're you're running you're running yeah. for Congress there, pro pro America, pro Trump agenda. And, uh, you're trying to get yeah. rid of all this crap that's that's you know destroying yep. your city. Yes. So I was an executive in the mental health field, and uh, Obamacare really destroyed many many of the avenues yeah. in that medical field. And yeah. my wife also works in the in that medical field. The Medicare for all is it's a, it's a fallacy. You, you, there's not the funding there to do what is needed. So many other people around the world will come up with their little quick little hits to say, oh, but you know, here we get everybody yeah. covered. But we always look back to say, 
where's, where's most of the in, uh, innovation coming from, or the cures? It comes from America because it is a for-profit, but yet there are communities, and we take care of our own people. So if, if, but if we can't take care of our own right now, we should not be taking care of people outside of this country or illegals coming to this country. It has to be take care of Americans first, and that means all Americans. It doesn't mean any type of person except if you are an American citizen, you should be taken care of first before we help anybody else. I'm tired of veterans and elderly being pushed aside for political gain by, by pandering to different groups of people. We take care of the ones that are really in need. We give them a hand and, and, and take care of them. And if we don't, then we are, are as a country will falter and we will become just another story in the history of civilization. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Very well said. Um, we'll go to IQ, and then we'll do commercial, and then we'll introduce uh, Mark Gonzalez, who's running for Congress in Georgia. Very excited to talk to him. But IQ, Al-Razuli, calling from Europe. How are you, my friend? What, do you, what are your thoughts on everything? Well, some of the thoughts I shall be addressing have been covered by your other distinguished guests, but need to repeat them for effect. Intelligent and rational human beings should easily discern falsehood from truth, especially from a very biased media. The first and only people who are guilty for the state of the Democrat Party and the Democrat presidential candidates rest with those brain-dead Americans who are electing them repeatedly. The buck stops with we the people who have the greatest power on earth with their vote. They do not need to leave. They instead remove their incompetent political leaders and or force them out by class action. In the 21st century, there is absolutely nothing free, not even the air we breathe, because we are being taxed to have clean air, let alone clean water to drink. Therefore, anyone, especially a politician, who promises the electorate free anything, health care, education, housing, open borders, etc., can only be one of the following. One, an extremely stupid person. Two, a pathological liar and charlatan. Three, thinks American citizens are very stupid. Whichever way, not one of them is worthy of being employed as a janitor at Penn Station. Tragically, for the American people. This is exactly what every single one of the Democrats competing for the presidency are promising the American electorate, every single one of them. The building block of any nation is the family unit. If and when the parents do not get involved in the upbringing of their children, it is the beginning of the decline of such a nation. When they allow their children to be indoctrinated in not believing in God, patriotism, the Constitution, and even education in competitiveness and self-responsibility, these are the signs of the decline of any nation. I cannot and will not accuse the politicians, but the totally stupid people who are repeatedly electing them. What do you think? I agree. I agree with you 100%. I mean, we are... You know, we're dealing with 
so many people in our country that hate our country and, and say how terrible we are, especially these people on the left, but they won't leave. It's the biggest, you know, like they don't make any sense. If it's so bad here, then why the hell are you still here? We have all these people that try to bash our president, bash our traditions, bash our values, but they still end up living here. They don't leave. It's like it doesn't make any sense, you know? It does make sense. They're hypocrites. They're liars. As I said in the early statement of mine, rational, decent human beings can easily or should easily discern falsehood from truth. But you have 47% of the American people repeatedly, insanely support the Democrat Party no matter what they do. And then they blame the conservatives. No, it's, yeah. I always go back to basics. And the basic building block is the unit of the family. And the corruption starts with the unit of the family. If I know that my son is being educated wrongly, when he comes from school and he says, Dad, the teacher taught me X, Y, and Z, and I know it's wrong. To keep quiet is literally colluding with the criminal. No, I wouldn't keep quiet. I go to the headmaster, point out exactly what my concerns are, and have them taken care of. But nobody's doing that. United States of America today is third-rate education system. Third, not second-rate. Third. But that's a fact. Look at the results. How is it conceivable you spend trillions of dollars, not billions, trillions of dollars, and you fail? Why? Because they don't teach you competitiveness in the school. Everybody is equal. Everybody is not equal. Cultures are not equal. Religions are not equal. Belief systems are not equal. Human beings are not equal. We are only equal under the law. Beyond that, we are not equal. You have stupid people, you have geniuses. You have capable people, you have lazy people. We are not equal. So what do they teach in school? Nothing. Zero. I'm not exaggerating. Look at the results. And the ones who suffer most are the black people, the Hispanic people, the underprivileged. And they are the same people who are electing these idiots who do this to them. Now, you ask, you know, I can't believe how a human being can do that again and again. But I know humans in general can be very stupid. Who said that? Hitler. He said 99% of humanity is stupid. They want to be led. And he did a fantastic job. But so did Stalin. So did Mao. It shows that when the single family, when the parents fail, the children fail, the state fails, the nation fails. But that's what's happening in America. Donald Trump, if you believe in God or not, is irrelevant, is a godsend. There's no question about it. None. Zero. And I'm the outsider looking in. Without him, you'd be finished by now. I mean it honestly. And without him, even in 2020, you'd be finished. Yes, you have 47% of Americans keep going to repeat exactly the same mistake, which shows how stupid they are. 
Now, if the American, black Americans and Hispanic Americans wake up, nothing will stop Donald Trump in 2020. Absolutely nothing. If they wake I agree. Up, that's it. I agree. God willing, they will wake I up. I agree. We'll see. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, everybody stay with us. We'll be right back with U.S. Congress candidate Mark Gonzalez. Stay with us, everybody. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for Daily Use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people add changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show coast-to-coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries, on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night, beautiful night, um, a lot, lot to get to. I do want to welcome to the show, though. I believe he's with us right now. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Georgia, Mark Gonzalez. Mark, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, Rory. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on tonight. Well, really a pleasure. Uh, your first time on the show. Uh, please tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Sure. I uh, am running in Georgia's beautiful 7th District. We have a retiring five-term congressman named Rob Woodall, so we've got a very uh, highly populated Republican primary here. Uh, there are some serious candidates of which I'd like to consider myself one. I'm a complete outsider to politics. I have a degree in accounting and a business career that uh, has been uh, distinguished. Uh, so I'm uh, 
really, I would say if Donald Trump wasn't our president, he wouldn't have allowed me to think that there was a lane for me to uh, help be a part of a solution in Congress. We've got a lot of headwinds there in spite of the efforts of Donald Trump, and he's done a fantastic job in many areas. Uh, but without the House in his uh, control, it's going to be very difficult in his second term. So when I saw the power change in January, that's what really triggered me between uh, watching the Green New Deal and late and post-term abortion and a number, number of other things that made me very uncomfortable. Uh, most people like me would never want to do this because, let's face it, it's a very messy affair, right? You drag your family into it now. Your life is uh, completely examined. People uh, stretch the truth or blatantly lie about you. It's uh, why would a successful business person want to do this? But you know what? Donald Trump's a good example of why you'd want to. You want to save our representative democracy for our next generation. It's pretty much that simple. You're absolutely right. And I, and I love what you said there because, you know, I talk about this on my show all the time, you know, how Trump has created and, you know, you know, for, formulated and totally dived into this, this topic and this area of outsider candidates. He's, he's allowed and opened the door for all these businessmen all these outsiders, all these people that aren't part of the swamp, and we don't want part of the swamp. And President Trump is a movement. I mean, he's created a movement like never seen before. Now you have the outsider candidate more popular than ever. After this, a lot of people don't ever want a politician again, I assume. And I keep talking about that and assuming that because when you have somebody like Trump who has had this such a huge, big positive effect and such a significant impact like he has, uh, it's like, it's like, why would you ever want to go back from that and how amazing that was? It's like trying your favorite restaurant and then going back to the, going back to a, a you know, going to a worse restaurant, like a terrible restaurant. Like it's, it's like apples and oranges. It's night and day. It's, it's like a, it's a, it's an era of, um, uh, of something never seen before. And, and it really is uh, a beautiful thing to watch. And, I, and I've said for so long that running this country is a business. It's a CEO job. Before you can do anything, you need to make sure your economics are in order. Uh, and that's and that's what it is. You need somebody that has the experience uh, in the business background that knows uh, how to how to run things. And these politicians don't know how to run anything, most of them. I mean, they go to school. It, it's a lot of it's acting. And, and, and then they go and, and work for their own special interests. So I, I really love what you brought up there. I mean, this is something like never seen before, what Trump has created. Well, you're exactly right. And I'll tell you, when people come up to you at events and they say, I will never vote for a politician again, thank God you're running, it's a very humbling affair. You know, simply put, we are the party that wants to make America as great as as it can possibly be, Rory. The other side, it seems to me, wants to make America disappear. So that's what's at stake here. I have a 19-year-old daughter. She's an only child, sophomore in college. And my belief is her shot at the American dream is not the same that it was for me when I was 19. I will go to my last breath to see that she has her shot. I don't want to see the American dream become a nostalgic memory, but that's where it's heading, let me tell you. And you're, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, I, I do – I do understand that, you know, we're living in a time where socialism is being pushed hard. You have all these left-wing people that want to take away our traditions. They want to take away our values. 
they want to take away what America was founded upon. Um, you know, but I, I will say, as long as we keep enabling capitalism, as long as we keep pushing capitalism and keeping it in place and keeping it as the American way and number one, uh, there, it's amazing how much opportunity there is for every person out there, especially with how many industries are evolved. You look at technology, how many millions of jobs that's created, and you look at all these different industries and entities that weren't around 10 or 20 years ago. And it's, it's like a, it really is a beautiful thing to watch. And, um, it really makes me upset when I see all these people that uh, try to criticize and put down capitalism. And it, it's just, it really makes me think that the only reason they're doing that is because they're never going anywhere in life and they're jealous of the people that work hard and, and achieve the American dream. You know? Well, I, I'll temper your enthusiasm for capitalism by simply saying the challenge is we've morphed it into a form of crony capitalism. Yeah. When you promote yeah. too, too big to fail, right? Too big to fail. That's outside of right. capitalism. Too big to fail means you're too small to care about. And when you think that way, suddenly socialism starts to look pretty darn attractive. And when you create identity politics where everybody now sees themselves as a victim, I have to tell you, socialism pr- looks pretty darn good to you there as well. And by the way, as a CEO, a business person, own businesses and so on, here's the deal. I went to Washington this past week. I believe in inspecting what you expect. So I was in the chamber on Thursday. I watched that vote take place. The partisanship was palpable, as was the disregard for due process. Right. I walked out to get my Uber to a next meeting, and I have to tell you, a fellow comes up to me, Rory, and he says, hey, were you in the chamber? I think, you know, he thought that maybe I was a congressman because I was in a suit and so on, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, yes, as a matter yeah. of fact, I went and I observed. How about you? He said, yeah, I, I observed it as well. I was in the gallery. I said, well, that's fantastic. I said, are you visiting uh, our, uh, our capital? He said, yes, as a matter of fact, I am. I said, where are you from? He said, Massachusetts, which happens to be the state that I was born in, and we know the political leanings of Massachusetts. I said, hey, what do you think? What do you think about today? He looked me straight in the eye and he goes, and this is an older gentleman, by the way. He says, right. this is the happiest day of my life. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> okay, your marriage to your wife wasn't the happiest day. The birth of your children wasn't the happiest day. Perhaps potentially one graduating college wasn't the happiest day. The happiest day was seeing a duly elected president be forced toward an impeachment proceeding under Trump's charges. This is unbelievable. This is your happiest day. That tells you everything you need to know. Good Lord. I mean, I, you know what? Jesus. I mean, the kind of, the kind of bitterness and the kind of craziness uh, some of these people uh, carry with them and the grudges. and just I've never seen hostility or anger to this level. I mean, the, the left has gone to a whole nether extreme. And I talk about it on my show all the time. It's really it really is scary, and it really is, um, is something that uh, is frightening. And, and, I, and I think that uh, it's, gone, it's gone to a level of, of a very dangerous territory, especially with the way that uh, the politicians on the left, uh, you know, enable uh, the, the violence. And they, 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 they try to condone uh, all, the, all the terrible things uh, that, that are happening out there. And it's, just, it's, it's a scary time. It is. And, you know, uh, Ecclesiastes 10.2 says it very well. The heart of the wise 
inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. No, and, yeah. No, and you right. know, you had an earlier caller on, and he talked about free, and we all watched the debates as much as we could stomach them, and they just kept pushing this agenda of everything, free, 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 free. So I sat on my couch looking at the television, watching this insanity unfold. Here's what free really means. Forcefully redistributing everyone's earnings. Forcefully redistributing everyone's earnings. That's the acronym for free. And here, and here's the problem. I mean, we've, we've created so much entitlement in this country and so many you know animals with 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 these narratives and with what with what's gone on that it's it's totally it's out of control and it's not the american way well we've got big headwinds the things that i talk about when i'm in public is this ever mounting debt, right? 22.9 trillion today, grow, growing a million dollars a minute. We're going to pass it on to the next generation that didn't create it. So that's a form of taxation to them without their representation. And we know what we stood for 243 years ago when that was the case. So that to me, nobody talks about it, but I'm just telling you, this is a ticking time bomb for America. The second one is health care. When I was a kid, health care was 5% of GDP, Rory. That was a sustainable number. It's now just about 20%. So think about this. We have 20% of our economy now co-opted outside of America's exceptionalism. We do not apply free market to health care. There's no transparency in health care whatsoever. So the American people continue to foot the bill, including all of this nonsense with this surprise billing. We're bankrupting families all over the country by not using a tenant of America's exceptionalism, free market. Let's create competition. We all know it's going to drive prices down and improve the quality of our care. And by the way, medical errors, the third leading cause of death in America, that should be sending chills out of uh, through everyone that's listening to this. So don't buy into the propaganda of big medicine, big pharma. I just listened to two ads while I was coming on your show tonight. One of them was for, for Shantix. You ever listen to the side effects? Suicidal thoughts and depression. <laughs> I, I mean, come on yeah. now. No, I so, know. And, and, you know, that's a big deal. The opioid epidemic is something that we've given Big Pharma a complete pass on. We've killed 400 plus thousand of our fellow Americans for the sake of a profit to Big Pharma. Now, people need painkillers. I get it. But they don't need them forced down their throat, which is what we've done. When You know, when you think about it, small-time small drug dealers, right, when they get caught, we throw them in jail, and rightfully so. When the CEOs of the drug cartel, when they get caught, they pay a fine. It's a business expense, and they go right on to sell more. This is, this is insane, and people have had enough. And then, you know, of course, the, the open border that we have, it's like a 7-Eleven. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
This is destroying the fabric of America. No sovereign nation can remain sovereign absent secure borders. In a country that will not control its borders, it cannot control its destiny. And we would all agree, right? Immigration has helped make us a vibrant and prosperous country, and it's helped fuel our economic engine. But we and we alone should decide who comes into our country. Every sovereign nation has that right. I would argue it's an obligation to its citizens. No, no, you're absolutely right. And here, here's what we're dealing with is that, you know, we're seeing the, the illegal immigration crisis. And I talk about it on my show all the time. I mean, you know, it, it, it doesn't end. And, and the Democrats want to give these people all health care. These people are coming in at record highs. Uh, it's, we will turn into a third world. I mean, in certain ways we already have. But, you know, just imagine. And, and I can only imagine uh, Georgia with illegals. I'm sure you guys have a problem there, don't you? Hey, here's the thing, Rory. Thank you so much for asking about it. We have more illegal immigrants in the state of Georgia than Arizona, a border state. Think about that. Yeah, and we're on we the border, and we're one of the biggest. We're one of the biggest problems with illegals. That's saying something. That's a big statement. It and is. I, and I, I believe about, I believe you too. This? But that's crazy. The Georgia, the Georgia taxpayer, Rory. They pick up a tab for two point five billion dollars. That's the cost, billion with a B, to the taxpayers of Georgia annually. We've got part of my district, Gwinnett County. They are pushing so hard. You have no you, you can't imagine it. They want our county to become a sanctuary county. We have been able yeah. to give them so many goodies here. It's just it's it boggles one's imagination. They have resettlement uh, refugees pouring into Georgia. And you know what? If you go back in time, I will tell you this. I think both parties have been responsible for this problem because back early on, Democrats, they wanted the voting class that that illegal immigration represented. And you know what? We're not lily free either on this side. The Republicans wanted the cheap labor for its donor class. So we're both guilty of this. But now that we've got an open border, it was never open before. So they trickled in. Now it's a tsunami. We have veterans that are sleeping on the streets of our major cities, strung out on drugs and having tremendous mental, mental illness. We don't take care of them. When they fought for our very freedom, we'd rather give it all to somebody that came over our border illegally and breaks our laws. We're a country of laws. You don't get to choose which ones you think are okay to, to, uh, to participate in and which ones you should ignore. Imagine if we all did that. We would no longer be a country that has any sort of civility left in it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, the Democrats, like I talk about on my show all the time, they try to portray this victim narrative for, the, for every type of people based off their skin color, based off their sexual orientation, based off their gender identity. The more boxes, the more victims they can create the more successful their base becomes. This is what their base it, it goes off of. And it's sad because, you know, they, they, they want to try to claim that, oh, these illegals just come here for a better life. Well, that may be, you know, at least some of them, but a lot of them come here and commit crimes and cause problems. And they don't talk about that part. They, they want to look at 
a very small part of the issue, and and that's just not the facts. You know what I mean? And they don't also talk about the fact that and they try to guilt trip. I hate when they try to guilt trip. You know, somebody somebody's a victim because they're black. Somebody's a victim because they're illegal. Somebody's a victim because they're a lesbian. And you know what? It's like they try to use this as a justification for people like illegals not following the laws. You know what I mean? You're exact. You're a hundred percent right. And I have to tell you, people are at the breaking point. In spite of the fact that Donald Trump has done yeoman's work, right? We have 160 million Americans working. We have the lowest unemployment we've had in 51 years. We've given hope to an awful lot of people that felt completely economically disenfranchised under the Obama administration. So you've got to give the guy tremendous credit, particularly with the headwinds that he faces every single day of the week, every hour of the day. How this man puts up with all of this we should all well, – I say a prayer every single day for that man. Every time I see him in public, I pray for him. We know what's at stake, right? We know what's at stake. But here's, but, but here's the thing. There are an awful lot of great people in America. We have to be able to go to the ballot box on election day. We can no longer sit back. We have to participate. There is more good people in America than those that want to destroy it, I assure you. But our apathy has created an environment where we have fueled their narrative. And believe me, District 7 is a perfect example of this. We won this seat last time around by 413 votes with over 280,000 votes cast. That's a razor-thin margin. So the Democrats think, oh, it's our story. It's our narrative. We are on the right track. We lost District 6 to the Democrat challenger, beat the incumbent this last time around. So these Atlanta suburbs, they're very much in play, very much in play. And any clear-thinking, sober American that lives in District 7, that believes in freedom, that believes in liberty, that believes in our Constitution, that believes in the right of law, If they don't go to the poll, and whether they vote for me or anybody else, we've got to keep this seat. I happen to be biased. I believe I'm by far the best candidate to hold that seat because I believe politics should not be a career, Rory. It should be an objective. The objective is to go to get things fixed and to get things done in the service of the people. And then you pass the baton to the next person who has the same objective in mind. That, I believe that's what our founding fathers had in mind. That's why I think term limits are absolutely necessary today to break the systemic problems of Congress. But I, and I know I I'm cutting my own neck off by, by espousing that view. If I have to leave to be able to get all the other bad actors out, and believe me, people on the campaign trail, they go, hey, Mark, wait a minute. We have the power of our vote, just like the other fellow said right before I came on. Here's the thing. That's, that's true, but it's not exercised. 91% of incumbents win re-election, but yet the favorability rating of Congress is 16%, which means we're not voting the bad actors out. They have the access to the power. They have the access to the money. They have the ID. They have the media behind them. You're going to try to beat them as an incumbent? 
You've got to put term limits in. It's the only way we're going to break the systemic problems we have in Congress. Yeah, and and you know I I talked about term limits many times many times on the show. I, I think it's a necessity uh, to prevent um, corruption. And and think about if we would have term limits all this time. I mean, there wouldn't really be much of a uh, as much of a swamp. There'd probably be still some somewhat of a swamp, but. Uh, I don't think it would be nearly to the extent that it is. And, you know, we, we've seen what happens w- without term limits. These people go to Washington and they stay there for all these years, and they're only working for their own special interests, and they're basically flipping the bird to us peasants. Exactly. You know, Wednesday is when I arrived last week, and, of course, the Washington Nationals were in the seventh game of the World Series Wednesday night playing in Houston. Right. So the bars and the pubs and so on around the D.C. area, they were absolutely packed. Now, I had meetings that day, so I went back to my hotel room. But the next day, I talked with one of the young men at one of the uh, stops that I had, and I said, gee, did you watch the game? He said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. I said, did you watch it at home or did you go out? He said, no. He says, I went to a pub. I said, well, how did it go? He said, the place was packed. He said, but here's the thing that was chilling. I said, what's that? He said, during the commercial break between innings, a Donald Trump ad came on. It was al-Baghdadi. It was how the ad started, right? That we took down the number one terrorist in the world. The whole place started booing. He said, I looked around. I was the only one not booing. I said, well, it just goes to prove it supports the axiom that if they love you in D.C., they hate, they hate you in America. And if they hate you in D.C., they love you in America. Right. So but can you imagine we take down the number one terrorist in the world and they can't even get past that. They have to boo that. I mean, come on. I know. I mean, this is this is this is what it's come to. I mean, you know, they with with how, and I, you know, I blame a lot of this on the Democratic Party. I, I blame a lot of this on the values that they are trying to present to their voters. Uh you know, we just saw, for instance, Omar, the, the Muslim, the scumbag, the, the traitor to America, say that she's happy to vote for Bernie because he's going to get rid of Western imperialism. That, that's what they want. They want to get rid of America. They don't give a, you know, excuse my French, but they don't, they don't care about America. They are wanting us to go back years and years and years. You know, people used to think that globalism was not a reality. They used to think it was a conspiracy theory. You know, and of course, conspiracy theory, as we all know, is a term that was trumped up by the CIA back in the 60s over the JFK assassination. But be that as it may, the fact is, is globalism is real. And that's what they want. They want to fundamentally change America. They want to reduce it as part of a global order. And I've got to tell you something. We didn't become the most powerful nation on earth. In the 50s, after World War II, we controlled over 50% of the wealth, yet we only had 5% of the population. That's how productive America was. We've gone from the greatest generation to the most selfish in 75 years. That's how you end up in $22 trillion in debt, a totally broken healthcare system, a border that's wide open, and willing to kill our citizens over a few bucks for big pharma. Enough. 
I want my child to have a future. I want, I want every person who has a child or a grandchild on this phone call or this interview to have a future. And if we don't all start getting serious about this, guess what? We're going to marginalize our country right in front of our eyes. It's happening right in front of our eyes. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. You know, I've talked about many times on my show how, you know, moderates are really fed up with the Democratic Party. And even though they don't agree with Trump on everything and, you know, they prefer him to do certain things a different way, it's a hell of a lot better for them than voting for communism. You know, uh, there, there's, there's that situation out there. And sounds like where you're running, there's a lot of people in the middle that are just fed up with the way that the Democratic Party has, has transpired and the way they've done things. Hey, you know, I, uh, we have a terrific sheriff in Gwinnett County, which is a part of District 7, made up of it, Forsyth County and, and I, Gwinnett I County. Say, I just want to say real quick, I just want to say real quick, you have, you have all these old school Democrats who are like Reagan Democrats, you know. So it's a lot of people, I don't think, understand some of how, how the old school Democrats operate. I think when somebody says the name Democrat, everybody automatically thinks, oh, oh. But no, I mean, if, if somebody looks at what Democrat meant, in the 80s or 90s, it was it was part of the working class. But now, no. But go ahead. Continue. I know. Sorry about that. Hey, my, my dad was one of them, right? Uh, God bless him. He turns 92 this month. Uh, and he was a college professor. He was a Democrat. And he used to tell me as a young boy, he said, Mark, you know, I'm a Democrat, but I always vote for the best person. If they happen to be a Democrat, it's terrific. If they're not, I'm going to vote for the best person. That's how it should be. As time went on, he felt that the party left the Jeffersonian principles that he espoused. So hence, he did become, in fact, a Republican. But you're exactly right. I mean, to think that we're at a point in time where the working person wants to support the Republican Party and the elite, the parasitical elite, they are all about the left. They're all about the Democrat Party, and they push an incredible amount of money to that side, don't they? It's unbelievable how things have done such a violent shift. I'm, I'm talking about a violent shift. Incredible to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, and it, it really is driving away their face, too. I mean, if you really look at what what has all gone down, um, it's, it's really bad for the Democratic Party. I mean, they you know they they have their main focus on socialism and you know that's probably only a quarter of the population I, you know they're so out of touch these these politicians and you know it it really is a a narrative and an agenda of anything that's opposition of Trump you know they don't want to do any even if they agreed with something beforehand long ago they they will say nowadays they don't agree with it because Trump's in favor of it. It's one of those situations. <laughs> you definitely have that right. And you, when I go across and crisscross our district, it, it's yeah. funny. I have, and it's not funny. It's very humbling actually. When you spend time right. with people who have lived yeah. under communism, the Khmer Rouge, yeah. Castro in Cuba, Venezuela. Right. I met a woman on Saturday. From Venezuela, yeah. she said, Mark, 
You just don't have any idea. I remember in 2012 when they confiscated all the guns, as an example. Right? And we want to push for federal red flag laws in this country. Can you imagine, right, this this idea that for the political, you know, this is the new uh, talking point for the political class, this new quick fix for what happened this summer in Texas and Ohio that we should go toward this idea of a federal red flag law. So now somebody can accuse you of being a wacko, which allows a judge now to be able to allow the police to break down your front door without a warrant, confiscate your property. You have no right to a trial, even if you've never been convicted of a crime. That's not due process, Rory. That's tyranny. I know. We I have know. to say they, no, 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 in no uncertain terms to federal red flag laws. Yeah. No I'm way always, I'm always would that be part I'm of the conversation. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, no way that that should even be part of the conversation. And, you know, Donald Trump had me a little nervous because he was right. he started talking about them like he was really giving it some some oxygen. Thank God right. he's reversed himself there, and well, now yeah, he understands. Hey, this is this is yeah. a fool. This is a fool's uh, approach here. Right, and I've always said I've always said that if you give the Democrats an inch, they'll take a mile. And doing anything with the with the Second Amendment. It's wrong. I mean, don't touch it at all. There's already gun legislation in place. There doesn't need to be any more. Uh, you know, this, this is, it's just a, it's a ridiculous circle. And I, you know, I agree with pretty much Trump on everything, but one of the very few things I did not agree with him on was banning bump stocks. I, I, I just thought we should have left that alone. Just leave it alone. Like, there's no reason for it. Don't mess with anything with people's guns or Second Amendment. I mean, and, you know, it's just like um, – yeah, and, and now they're talking to some of these candidates, how they're going to come to your door and take your guns. Do you realize what kind of narrative and what kind of scene that would that would create? I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, these people are talking like third-world dictators. It, it's, it's incredible. I will say this. This summertime, I was very vocal on Twitter in regard to the $320 billion spending bill. I was very vocal in regard to my opposition. So that was one area where I actually disagreed with our president because we have now a debt ceiling that has no ceiling. You know, historically, when we've had we've had national debt that's grown, it's always because of a world war or depression. And Rory, we're not in a world war and we're not in a depression when the good times have come. We've always paid down the debt, but we're not doing that right now. We're bringing more money into the national treasury than ever before, but we're running trillion-dollar deficits. Somebody's going to pick up the tab. And you know what? Our dollar is not backed by anything. It's a fiat currency. It's backed by confidence. That's it. So we are the reserve currency of the world, but we've got powers now, Russia, China. They're trading petrodollars in their currencies. This is very, very, very dangerous. You know, there was at one time before Bretton Woods, right, in 1953, 
But the UK was sitting on the reserve currency with their sterling pound, and they thought that they had the world by the, you know, the world was their oyster. Well, guess what? After World War II, we became the reserve currency. But that's not preordained forever. We've got to be very, very vigilant on this. This is a very slippery slope. Very. So from my perspective, we've got to be the party again of fiscal discipline. There was a time when we advocated balanced budgets. We advocated smaller government. We were the adults in the room willing to impose some restraint on the national credit card. What the heck happened to those principles we once professed to be our own? Our next generation is going to pay the price. Yeah, they are. They absolutely are. Uh, I do got to right. go here in a second. I, I love I love having you on, and I could talk to you all day. But please, what what are the in, in your district? What are the three main problems that you would fix on day one? Well, I think the number one is we've got sixty plus percent of Americans that don't have a thousand dollars to apply to an emergency. In spite of all of these wonderful gains we've made in our economy, it's still very 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 tenuous. And I would just say to your listeners, please. Go to my website, markcongress2020.com, markcongress2020.com. Read about what I stand for on all of the issues. There's great video content there. You can read my bio there. There's more information on my website than any other candidate in my race by a mile, and it's been that way since day one. So they could really get a good understanding. You know, help us if you can. We've got some very, very formidable foes here. And the number one foe will be the one we go up against as the Republican challenger in the general election. So help me win this fight. Help me get to Congress. I can't do it by myself no matter how well-intentioned I am. Show me, show me what I've said makes a difference to you. Hit the donate button, volunteer, do whatever you can to help me because I cannot do it completely by myself as much as I want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, I really, I really, so, t- so, so what are the three? What are the three things you'd fix on day one? Then I got to go to commercial and let you go. But Yeah. So healthcare, a, a, uh, a closed border so we don't deal with the $2.5 billion that we're currently spending on illegal immigration. And, of course, education is a big part. Infrastructure is a big part. But uh, debt, deficit spending, health care, and an open border, and the opioid crisis, uh, that's, that's what I uh, espouse on a daily basis, crisscrossing my district. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, sir, thank you so much for coming on. I definitely want to have you back again soon. Well, you were awesome. Thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to express my views. And thank you so much to your audience for uh, spending time to hear me out. I, I genuinely appreciate it.
everybody. We were having uh, some connection issues. I am back. Uh, we're going to go to commercial, though, and we will be right back. Stay with us. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sauter Show, coast-to-coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night, and uh, we are back. Another, another episode. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. I hope wherever you are, your night is going accordingly. I, I do want to welcome, um, and I believe he's with us. We have, uh, let's make sure he is with us. 
we have this politic Rick with us. He goes by on Twitter. He's the CEO of Giant Slayers, Truth Warrior, and Free Speech Extremist. Rick, how are you? Welcome to the show. I, I'm doing good, Rory. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the chance to talk to you and your uh, your uh, viewers. Absolutely, Rick. So tell us a little bit about yourself, first time on the show, and then tell us about what you're working on. I'm, uh, I am I have a business background. I, I've worked with business for 30, going on 40 years, actually, and uh, largely working with uh, marketing, uh, sales, too, uh, but communications, delivering messages. Uh, I recently kind of shifted from that. I, I still do that, but it, it lent itself so well to uh, being a political analyst or being a consultant. Most candidates, they, they need money. They need money, and they need to get their message out there to be able to get the money they need to succeed. And in that process, I, I happened on this, Giant Slayers, uh, this project that we're working on now, because I, I was down in District 43, Maxine Waters District. Most people are, are, are familiar, and I was working with a candidate. And in the primaries, uh, one of his competitors, uh, Edwin Duterte was the gentleman's name, uh, he was smeared by Think Progress. They, they wrote a smear article on him, called him a white supremacist. Now, Edwin is a Filipino gentleman. Uh, it, to, be, to, to, to come to the conclusion that you know, he's a white uh, supremacist you know, under those circumstances was odd, but uh, it, it worked. And uh, Edwin didn't do very well as a result of it. In that district, uh, 70% of the district is black and uh, Hispanic, and you bring up alt right down there, and you're toast. You're, you're done. So I, I took a look at that, you know, and especially because Edwin was such a stand-up guy. Edwin is an absolutely wonderful human being, high character. He's exactly the kind of person that should be in Congress and probably will be at some point in time. But I, I took a look at that, and I, I, I was looking at my candidate in protecting my candidate, uh, Frank Martini, in this case. And uh, he was a little bit more vulnerable because he was white. He's a Hollywood producer. He's a lawyer. And he used to write for Breitbart. So all of those things together, you know, they'll, they'll use them against him. I, I, I can see this. So I decided I better find out who these guys are. And I started to do some research, and I found out that there was a group of them. Sleeping Giants, Media Matters, MoveOn.org. Uh, Think Progress, who wrote the smear article on Edwin Duterte, Turte, and thankfully, uh, effective about three weeks ago, they're gone. So success number one and moving on. And uh, the hashtag Grab Your Wallet, who spends all of their time ha harassing any retailer that carries a Trump product, and they've been very successful at it. Uh, I believe they played a significant role in Ivanka Trump pulling her products and shutting her business down. Uh, going into the White House, you know, had something to do with it, too. But uh, when it came to uh, Sleeping Giants, they went after Breitbart and reduced their ad revenue by 90%. So this, this isn't a game. This is very, very serious business. And I realized that uh, I had to protect my candidate. But then beyond that, I realized that, you know what? This isn't just happening here in this district. It's happening in every district. They're smearing candidates that they're afraid of so that they never get elected. I, I've got journalists since I've started this have come to me and told me that they've been attacked by sleeping giants too. So they're going after them and making them more cautious about 
what they're willing to say and when they're they're willing to say it, and they go after uh, political candidates and and uh, you know stop people from being willing to stand up and and speak the truth and stand up for the American people. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, and I love what you're doing. And so you're you're basically doing a uh, a style of media matters, but obviously your platform is going to be way more fair. Well, you know what? I'm glad that you brought that up. But I, I, I happened on that idea. I was listening to uh, Michael J. Knowles, and he, he often goes and spars with sleeping giants. Uh, it's kind of interesting that he'd be willing to do that, but he does, and he does it very effectively too. And one night I was looking at what he was talking about, and he said, you know what? We need a medium matters for conservatives. Well, that's exactly what we have here with two really big differences. Uh, our approach is, relies on truth and uh, the uh, – oh, all of a sudden I got mental block. Truth and uh, what's the other thing here? I can't really think of it right now. But we, we want to approach this in a way where we're you know, addressing the truth and getting it out there in, in – by using the truth, we can cripple these folks because Sleeping Giants is two and a half years old. And in that time, they've spent all of their time telling very little truth, actually. They might take a small part of the truth and spin it and turn it into to something entirely different than what was intended. They may take it out of context, or they may just make it up from, from scratch. You know, And these are the kind of things that they think that maybe we think is really how it comes out. But uh, it's not really you know, presenting a, a credible message to people. And I can, our group can just come in and point out that, no, no that's, that's not true. You, you haven't told the whole story or you haven't been honest at all. And we can take a lot of their power away. Because what they do is, here's what Sleeping Giants does. And, and they're busy doing this every single day. They're, they're attacking advertisers of Breitbart. Uh, and they've been very successful at it. They dropped their ad revenue by 90%. It's very, very serious. But they go to a Breitbart site and they take a screenshot. And then they send a message to the advertiser on Twitter and tell them that they're on a alt-right, um, Nazi, xenophobic uh, hate site, and they probably should be worried about their brand based on that. In essence, what they're doing is giving them reason to believe that uh, their brand could be attacked by somebody. <laughs> and uh, we kind of know who that somebody is. And, and making them fearful to, to advertise. Now, the, the thing that's really just makes no sense here Probably 50% of their customer base are conservatives. So who would make a decision like that uh, if they had all the facts? They, they, they've been led to believe that these guys are just – they're Nazis. They're hate site people that you can't trust and you need to stay away from or you'll, we'll, we'll see that your brand is destroyed. They don't realize that the people that are telling them this really kind of match that description more than Breitbart does. Because, you know, I go on Breitbart, I don't see any hate on that site. And the, the uh, Harvard and MIT did a joint study. This is no right-wing bastion of, of uh, analysts either. This is a very left-wing group. They analyzed their site, and they scrubbed that thing, and they walked away and said, you know what, there is no hate 
uh, speech on that site. There is no alt-right speech on that site. When you look at Breitbart's site, it's uh, it's a very influential site. You know, they get probably uh, to that site about 80 million visitors per month. My question to these people is, really? I mean, do you really think 80 million people would go there, you know, over the course of a month if it was this alt-right hate site that you're, you're telling us about? And the answer is absolutely they would not. So part of what we need to do is educate these advertisers that, you know what, I, I think you're being used. And I think what's happening is these folks are trying to get even with their political enemies, and they're using you to do it. And then you're sacrificing your brand and 50% of your revenue to help these guys. I, I believe that once we, we you know, publicize that story that a lot of people are going to say, hey, you know what, you're right. This makes absolutely no sense. Why would we attack our system of commerce? You know, why would we kill the goose that laid the golden egg? Why would we stop, you know, and, and by boycotting people is actually what they're doing. They're organizing boycotts of advertisers. Why, why would we do that and put people out of work, you know, as a result of it? Um, you know, it, it, it's anti-American. It, it doesn't make any sense. And you're right. We should reach out to everybody and, uh, and that's willing to, to buy our product. You know, as long as Breitbart is not doing something illegal or attacking somebody, you know, what, why would you do that? And actually, let me throw this in here because this is really important. It tells you something about all of this. Um, in this process, one company that has been harassed, just ruthlessly harassed over the months, over the years, actually, several years, um, is Shopify. Shopify is an incredibly successful uh, creator of an e-commerce platform that is incredibly popular here in the United States. They're huge here in the United States, and they do a huge amount of business here. They happen to be located or headquartered in Canada. And their uh, CEO, Toby Lutke is his name, is a, an immigrant, and uh, he uh, is, you know, has always lived in Canada, and he's very liberal, as are all of his employees, you know, are, are very, very liberal. So what Sleeping Giants did is to start, they dropped 10,000 emails on Toby to just see if they could wear him out and just get him to give up. Toby's a strong gentleman. He's not going to be turned around by uh, harassment of that nature. Then what they did, they are connected to uh, one of their founders is part of a, a petition company called Some of Us. And they have a base of followers, Some of Us does. And, and you know, they want to put together a petition. You know, they'll, they'll jump on it. So they issued a petition with 250,000 signatures. And, of course, this all gets publicized. Uh, going after them, and when that didn't work, they agitated their employees. Their employees got to the point where uh, they demanded a meeting from management that they wanted them to stop supporting Breitbart News, who's on their e-commerce platform. They wanted to kick him off. And Toby did something that was absolutely brilliant. I, as a matter of fact, I, I haven't met Toby yet. Uh, I, I'll fly up to meet him anytime he's ready, but I, I want to meet him just because He's such an upstanding individual. Now, here's what Toby yeah. did. He wrote a piece on Facebook, and he basically said, or the gist of it was, say, listen, you know, our platform gives 
commerce sites and ability to communicate. It's a, it's really uh, First Amendment stuff, you know, that we're dealing with here. And the First Amendment right. is really, really important, even though they don't have one in Canada. He knows we have one here, and, and free speech is critical. And he stood up for it, and he said, you know, I'm not going to kick them off. I'm never going to go against a, a, a person's free speech rights unless yeah. they've done something illegal, unless yeah. they're attacking somebody or threatening somebody. So right. that's really where we stand, too. It, 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 we have to stop these guys yeah. from trying all, to put yeah. people out of business. It, it's, called, it's part right. of the cancel culture. And it all, it all, yeah, exactly. It, it, you know, it all falls in. I do got to let you go here in about a minute or two, but it, it, it sure. I love all your points. You're out. You're absolutely right. You know, it all falls into the cancel culture. You know, somebody doesn't agree with you. They want to ruin your livelihood. They want to ruin your career. They want to ruin your family. They want to destroy your right. life simply because they Shut disagree you down, with you. Deplatform yeah. you, debank yeah. you, yeah. you know, it, put you out of business. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't end like like there, it's always something. I mean, we see their obsession with Chick Fil A. How they're always trying to shut down places like Chick Fil A. They're always trying to shut down Christian churches. They're trying to shut down people on Twitter, on Facebook. I mean, it, 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 there's so many different ways of cancel culture and censorship. And think about what another thing they want to get rid of the First Amendment. That they want to be the thought police. They want to be the people that punish you and lock you up. For saying words, I mean, I, our country has came to a, a, a total um, era of craziness like never seen before, uh, and it's scary. Wait. It really is scary right now. Wait. Wait. Uh, I do got to let you go, but please tell everybody where they can connect with you, all that good stuff, promote your business. Uh, yeah, and I'm really looking forward hey, to all, I, I all the stuff that. you got coming out. Yeah, we uh, everybody, you know, what we're doing is we're building a group of activists that want to change this. We don't just want to keep right. complaining about how bad it is. And right. you can look us up at on Twitter, on our Twitter yep. page, which is Giant Slayers with no A in the Slayers. We leave the A out for arrogance, which is the arrogance of the left, and we don't want to be associated with it. So they can look at Smart. look us up at at G I A N T. S-L-Y-E-R-S, remember, no A. Um, every single person listening today can start to become an activist by doing one simple thing. Just go to our Twitter page and follow us. The minute you click that follow button, you become an activist for free speech. Come on over there and right. find out what's going on. We'll fill you in as time goes on and point you in a direction right. where you can get change. And we'll focus our efforts. That's the key here. If we can get 500,000, say a million people even, on this platform all together, that will give us the power we need to achieve our objectives. Absolutely. And everyone's voice is valuable, especially in today's society, and everyone should utilize this sort of platform. Uh, my friend Rick, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'll definitely get you back again soon. Uh, I, I, I do have a few more things that I need to close out the show with, but but I, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity to to talk to not only you but your viewers out there, and there there's a lot of them. So I appreciate that very right. much. Absolutely, Rick. Thank you for being with us. Uh, let's go to Sam. Sam, let's go to you. I, I'm sure you've got some thoughts. I'm sure you. Throughout the show, I'm sure you got some things that are on your mind. 
Well, <clears throat> this last gentleman touched on probably what is probably the most important thing right here in America right now, and that's the First Amendment. Um, it is being assaulted ongoing. And uh, <clears throat> not only uh, with the crazy laws that they have in uh, New York City by, you know, claiming that we have to regender people. You know, if a man says he's a woman, you got to call him a woman or they sue you for a quarter of a million dollars. They have a laws in California as well. For right now, it's just uh, pretty much medical professionals that if some person walks in there and claims that they're a female or a male and they're the opposite set, uh, that, we, you know, you have to accept that. You know, and, and that's the craziest thing in the world to me because if you're sick and you go see a medical professional and you're a man and say you're a woman, uh, they can't even tr- – if they really treat you like a woman, then you're asking for your own self to get um, bad treatment. So the First Amendment is definitely, you know, what he touched on is probably the most important thing I can say at this point in time. I mean, you know, there's, you know, just like in Connecticut where they got these girls that are finally fighting back because of their letting boys win all their, um, you know, races as a girl and take scholarships. And I think that still lines up with the First Amendment because, you know, you are a male or you are a female, but nevertheless. It was a good show, Roy. I know time is short, so I'm just going to go ahead and say, you know, you can contact me, Samuel Tolley, T-O-L-L-E-Y, on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And um, I look forward to the next time. All right. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Uh, let's go to uh, Tim. Tim, I'm sure you have some thoughts on everything that's gone on throughout the show. What, what uh, What's on your mind? Hey, a great show, as usual. Uh, I like to say that, you know, a couple of things came up, one about the illegal immigration. And I always will say this, you, you live where you live and you become part of your community and your country. And for you or anyone else to give away the resources that we all have worked for to people who don't uh, live here or, or come here illegally is just wrong. It's anti-American. We must take care of our own first, and that starts with your own house, your neighbors, your community, your state, and your country. Secondly, what, what really strikes a chord is the, the groups that go after someone or their advertisers and that free speech, we have to be able to fight back. And now, it's a terrible thing for a lot of people who rely on advertisers and and, and when these boycotts happen, they, you know, they go after them. But we need to play you know, on the same field as a lot of these uh, other groups do. So we need to be able to organize and do the same types of things to fight back. So hopefully that they stop doing these things. I don't think they ever will stop because their ultimate goal was to tear down the American way. But we need to be prepared for it. And building platforms where you are more uh, secluded from – from that type of attack is always important as well. I know you're also short on time, so I will tell everybody, you know, please help my campaign as well. You can find me at timfazenbaker.com. They call me the Donald Trump of Maryland. I wear that as a, as a huge honor. And you can also find me on Facebook at Fazenbaker for Congress. And as always, American Kids First. Good night, everyone. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Um, let's go to the IQ. Um, you know, I, w- I want to go to you real quick. You probably have some thoughts 
uh, of everything that's happened throughout the show. What's on your mind? Excellent show. Uh, I, I love the guy from for Congress, Mark. Excellent uh, representation, and he will be an advantage for Donald Trump. No, no, excellent show. Thank you for having me. What, yeah, what, what are your what are your some of the topics? You got any thoughts on any of the topics that came well, across? Well, the border. There's no question. The border is the most important thing. Uh, without border, you don't have a nation. I mean, it's simple. It's not uh, complicated mathematics. Every nation has to have a border. If you allow open border, you're finished. So forget about the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, Third Amendment. You'll have nothing. And also, before the First Amendment, the Second Amendment is more important because without the Second Amendment, you don't have a First Amendment. Are you with me? Correct. Absolutely. No, 100%. Yeah. Honestly, nothing is complicated. Everything is simple when you use rational thinking. Everything is simple. The borders, the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, and getting rid of the uh, Democrats. Very simple. Right. And, you know, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the, the border crisis, and that's a big thing. You know, I wanted to ask you before, before we close out the show, and I've been meaning to ask you this, you know, you, you escaped ISIS. You know exactly – how the Middle East operates, you know exactly how these terror organizations uh, do things. What explain the importance and the significance and, and the huge impact uh, Trump has made on America and, quite frankly, the world with taking out the leader of ISIS? I mean, the media tried to downplay that. Other people tried to downplay that. They don't want to give him a W, the people on the left and the media. It's sad because he did something. That is unbelievable. Not only did he take out the leader of ISIS, uh, he took out somebody that's just – I forget the other person's name, but like the second person up or something. And then he, it was announced months ago that he's already defeated 99% of ISIS. So it really is something remarkable. But what are your thoughts on all this? Well, he, he achieved infinitely more than Obama was going to achieve. But right. please do not forget the death of any Muslim leader whether it was Osama bin Laden, al-Baghdadi, or anybody, does not change an iota of the fact that every single Sharia-compliant Muslim is an ISIS member. Every Muslim is an ISIS member, whether they're active in warfare or whether they supply them with the, the backup, the, mar- the money, the armaments, the intelligence, the shelter. This is so important. The death of any of these leaders is irrelevant in the context of Islam. They've been doing it for 1,400 years. And unless and until Americans and Europeans understand this, we are not going to beat them. No way. And what, what do you see as the future of, of Islam and of the, the tensions in the Middle East and, and of how everything will transpire? Look, the thing I'm going to tell you will sound outrageous, but I'm telling you the fact of life. We have to quarantine all Muslims. What do I mean by that? Muslims, they love Sharia. They tell you they love Sharia. Take uh, Ilhan Omar, Rashid al they love Sharia. Sharia is the nemesis of the American Constitution. Sharia right. is the nemesis of every Western civilized society. So, if Muslims want Sharia, they should leave the countries of the democracies. Leave. I'm not kidding with you. 
unless we quarantine them, that means they, all Muslims live in Dar al-Islam and leave us, the infidels, which is called Dar al-Harb, the territory of war, alone, we are not going to solve the problem, ever. It sounds outrageous, but I promise you there is no other solution. Zero. Doesn't exist. Muslims want Sharia, you go back to your country, whatever you want. Because in every mosque, in every city on earth, every Friday, the imam incites the people who are listening to him, who are Muslims, to literally hate and undermine the very societies they live in. Don't take my word for it. Google YouTube and listen to tens of thousands of imams, how they talk in Arabic and translated to English, how they talk to their congregation. They don't miss no, their I, words. I, I hear you. And, and, you know, we, we see what their beliefs are. We see what, they're, what they live by. I mean, they're, 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 the person they worship, their God, was a pedophile, uh, among many other things. And, I mean, like you say, the Muslim culture cannot assimilate or properly function in American civilization. They just can't. In any civilization, by the way, forget it, American. It's nothing to do with America only. Muslims hate every human being on the planet who is not a Muslim, called kuffar, called infidels. That's 80% of current humanity. So don't take it personal. It's right. universal. They hate yeah. Hindus. They hate Buddhists. They hate atheists, agnostics, Jews, not only Christians and Westerners. This is universal. Yeah, and let me ask you this. How do you feel about Trump getting us out of Syria and all this talk about, you know, know, there's the media saying that this is going to disrupt the Middle East more, which the media just likes to cause problems. But what are your thoughts? I mean, do you see much of a problem, or or do you see it as a good thing? First of all, he only removed 26 soldiers, for God's sake. 26 Google it. Only 26 soldiers who were in Idlib where he knew that the Turks are going to invade. He hasn't removed all the troops in Syria. They're still there. It's only the news media, the enemies of the people. They're not fake news. They are literally the enemies of the American people. By the way, in Europe, it's exactly the same thing. They are the enemies of the European people. They always lie. They always undermine the right wing. They call it the right wing. They call it Nazis. The Nazis are actually Antifa. The Nazis yes. are the members of the Democrat Party. All of them are Nazis, right. every single one of them. So yep. what do they do? They call it projective identification. Google it in psychology. The criminal, let's say somebody who murders uh, prostitutes, in his mind, he accuses the prostitutes of being immoral when he is he actually is the one who is immoral. Exactly. This is how it works sure. every single time. Muhammad was one of the best on this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, these, these people, these people are insane. These people are insane. I, I do got about a minute left, but uh, I always love everything you say. IQ always great insight. Uh, please tell everybody where they can find you. All they have to do is Google my name, Al-Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I. You will have everything free of charge, free of charge, 30 years of research, free of charge. Absolutely. 
You want to buy my books? Fine. But it's all there. God bless you. You take care. You too, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. It's been a fantastic show tonight, everybody. I want to thank all my guests, my audience, my co-hosts and sponsors. You guys are all incredible. Another big show tomorrow night. Uh, Tune in, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.